0: Sad Bangers is appropriate because I watched it and I was both depressed and horny at the same time.
1: Hello, and welcome to the What episode number 187 for the week of March 20th, 2023. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. In this episode, we'll be talking about the first five entries of this year's first semifinal with our special guest, Justin Ladia.
0: Hey, Justin. Hi, it's me again.
2: I'm back, back, back again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back, Justin. Thank you. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. I think the set of songs we're going to be talking about today. At least a couple of them. I have a feeling you're going to have thoughts. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to
0: have thoughts. I've actually, I've opened up my notes app this time and wrote some stuff down in preparation for today's song. The the set you gave me, very interesting set of songs. I quite enjoyed them in, in many different ways, let's say. So I'm excited to talk about them too. Also, just as a side, I apologize for the raspiness of my voice. I've been doing kendo and I've been screaming a lot. <laughs> so, so that's... <laughs> so that's why i sound a little less uh i guess crystal clear than usual
1: no worries all right y'all should we dig in yes let's do it we're in a weird area where we don't have the official running order for the semifinals yet so for the first semifinal we're just going to take things in alphabetical order by half of the semifinal so we're talking about the first half of the first semifinal today and that means we get to kick things off with croatia perhaps the most established act competing at this year's Eurovision, Croatia's Let 3 formed in 1987 in the former Yugoslavia. Uh, to describe the band as provocateurs may be an understatement. Some of their antics have included releasing an album that was distributed as a blank CD, releasing their follow-up to that album as a single copy, then staging their fake Death by Firing Squad as a protest when their label tried to make and sell additional copies of that album. We could go into more examples, but we would like to avoid adding an explicit label to this week's episode. Uh, however, Let 3 have been extremely supportive of Liberty causes, including women's and LGBT rights, as well as challenging the concepts of machismo and militarism. Their song Mama she dominated at this year's Dora, finishing 124 points ahead of second place and cementing their status as one of the most popular bands in the Balkans. Croatia last qualified for the Eurovision Grand Final in 2017 with Jacques Houdek's My Friend. Last year's entry Guilty Pleasure by Mia Dimchik finished in 11th place in the first semifinal. Mama She is written by Demir Martinovic and Zoran Prodanovic. Justin, what did you think of this one?
0: well where do we start really there's quite a few things about this that uh i think is worth a conversation about i think that's the goal of this entire song really is to get get people talking about the the current war that's happening in europe it's clear from the the music video that that's what they were trying to talk about in this one i like their look i like their aesthetic first of all if we're going to talk about the band in general they remind me a little bit of wario like the croatian wario okay (laughs) And it, honestly, like it it feels like their entire vibe is very Wario-esque, right? Like I can only compare it to that because like I, I'm more familiar with Wario. <laughs> it's very like um uh very pranky, sort of uh, as you said, provocateur type sort of deal. They are they are just strange in a good way and I'm I'm really interested in what they have to say. And they've been around since the 80s, right? So they come from the the time when punk and art and and all that sort of come into this one sort of amorphous blob and I I quite enjoy that they're bringing that to 2023. I really enjoyed the song itself. I mean, at first I was really unsure about it, but as it kept going, I was hooked. I really dug it. I enjoyed that punk is not dead, and they have this like interesting sort of artistic perspective on on messaging.
1: Great band, great song, into it. I'm just picturing the green room host of, of this year's Eurovision going up to them and like can fully expect like a wow from them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They have been provocateurs longer than I've been alive and longer than most of the contestants in this year's Eurovision have been alive. This is not their first rodeo. They may even turn it into a rodeo. Who knows? If for whatever reason Eurovision were were like a John Hughes movie, this would be the group that Martin Oosterdahl, the
2: principal, would take into the office. I'm keeping my eye on you guys. I really am curious what sort of conversations have had to happen since they were selected. Their assets were made available pretty quickly on official Eurovision channels, like their performance at Dora and their official music video, which dropped, I think it was last week. It doesn't seem to be running afoul of Eurovision's, like this is not a political contest, drink. I really enjoy this entry, particularly from the media studies perspective. Mm -hmm. I really cannot wait to see how this operates at the various fan events that'll be happening between now and eurovision i don't have a sense of where the fandom sits with this one i think everybody's in support of the message of the song the delivery mechanism really feels like an acquired taste uh it's (laughs) It's definitely in, in my wheelhouse. Like I, I feel like this is really in the same mold as like Hatari and a lot of the other kind of more art school entries that we've had in the last few years. But that could be incredibly divisive. And I think that's part of the point. Yes. Yeah. Croatia does well when it takes big swings. As you mentioned in the blurb at the top, their last entry to make it to the final was My Friend. That one was a big swing. I'm hoping this is something that will get them back into the final i don't know if this has winner vibes i think it's going to be way too out there
1: yeah it's maybe a little too out there and it's potentially overwhelming just in re-watching the live performance and in definitely watching the video there's just a lot of visuals happening and that seems to kind of be their thing with this song hitting you over the head repeatedly but like i love that croatia has not made a boring selection because i felt like their last couple years worth of selections have been a little safe and a little boring and they've finished in 11th in their semifinal as a result. And I don't think that this is going to do that. It could just completely fail, but it will fail in an interesting way.
2: I don't even think it could completely fail because the big change this year is the semifinals are all televote. I have a feeling there are going to be a lot of people that are going to televote for this be like, I need to see that again just so that I can <laughs> properly digest it. True, true.
1: I like that they see where the line is drawn on Eurovision not being a political contest, and the lyrics are exactly on that line. And they are making direct eye contact with you the entire time. Uh, And also, I just love randomly walking around in my life now and just going, tractor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We do love a tractor, especially one that Mama
0: has bought for you. Speaking of, I do enjoy their interpretation of drag in the video I-, I hope that they bring it to the to the live performance as well I- it's always nice to see old men in butch drag it's very empowering for people who are of a certain age like
2: myself i'm kidding i'm only 34 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a few weeks back when germany was having their national final it was on like the page which was the gateway to the video f- so i could watch the final and uh, i turned on Google Translate so that I could find what I was looking for on the page and they had a link to an article about this entry and the title of the article was Weird Dictator Drag Show. (laughs) Did you guys
0: see the definition of the sh in, on the Wikipedia page for this song? What did it say? Okay, I'm, I'm going to read it verbatim. Apparently, in an interview, they said that the song title had been inspired by the first letter of the oldest alphabet in the world, sh, apparently. I, that's, there's no source to prove this correct or incorrect, so I don't know about that. And then they said the song, according to the band, is an anti war song. In the interview, the band reported that after total Armageddon had been waged on Earth, a rocket would land on Earth. Contain the letters sh. So, some sort of Nostradamus type, whatever, is, is happening there. In other interviews, they said that it's also a blood type or a sound someone makes when they are meditating. It is also a reference to the Russian letter sh. So there's there's a lot of stuff in
2: that title itself.
1: I feel like they're getting this question a lot, and they're yes-anding every time, and I love that for them.
2: Honestly, me too. Me too. <laughs> and that also explains the randomness of the Croatian alphabet just being part of the lyrics. Yes. Uh, oh, so yeah. Like, there's... <laughs>
1: like, I've been poring over the person who has done the English translation of the lyrics for this on Genius, just because they're trying to spell out... Oh yeah, no, the band is is making this a nursery rhyme because they think that, that, that dictators are acting like children when it comes to war. There's a lot to think about with this
2: song and I appreciate that deeply from Croatia this year. This is easily one of my favorite picks of theirs in a very long time, so. Good job, Croatia. Good luck. I really have a feeling they're going to make it to the finals. So. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you about Croatia. Actually,
0: are they typically this, uh let's say, arty in, in their entries?
2: I feel like
1: Croatia takes the artistic side of Eurovision very seriously, mm. but this their entry has not been as sort of what I think of as like art school mm. as this in a while.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I just find Croatia to have a specific flavor, not necessarily just like for, for Eurovision, but just the country itself, and so I'm just like this is very croatian for some reason i don't know that much about croatia but i was just like ah yeah this is very croatia right here i'm into it
2: i think it is important to point out that during dora when let three was doing their performance and we were tweeting about it we got a whole bunch of people from croatia being like oh google this google this just to uh, like tell us uh like more and more it's just like oh finally we get to tell other people about this group because man oh man is it wild yes if you do google anything do not do this at work or have safe search on like believe me NSFW all caps seriously oh yeah no, 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 no. <laughs> like i i i
1: have this down as like, most likely to purposely have their butts out in the green room and like having like a panic shot change during during like just like a normal <laughs> pan over the green room just like oh oh no oh no <laughs>
2: Up is Ireland with Wild Youth and We Are One. Ireland's Wild Youth is a four-piece band that formed in Dublin in 2016. Their entire Spotify bio reads, Sad Bangers. They released their first EP, The Last Goodbye, in 2019, and have been the support act for Niall Horan, The Script, Zara Larson, Lewis Capaldi, and Westlife. Ireland last qualified for the grand final in 2018, and finished 15th in last year's second semifinal. Wild Youth won Ireland's Song competition with the song We Are One, and it's written by Jorgen Elofsen, Connor Conor O'Donoghue... And Ed Porter. So, Justin, what do you think of Ireland's entry?
0: It's a good song. It's definitely not a winner. (laughs) Let's just say that. I always confuse the name of their song with We Are Young by Fun. And in fact, I think they're pretty similar, both of those songs, in that it feels like it's a very 2010s pop rock song it's a vibe that we've had before in like the zeitgeist in like a decade ago it's okay i, I like that they call their music sad banger but i watched a video and like sad bangers is appropriate because i watched it and i was both depressed and horny at the same time watching
2: it <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Which video like, were you watching? I, I did not have that experience. I mean, he was, he was,
0: they, they look like fine men from the neck down. I obviously couldn't see anything from the neck up because they were wearing their, those disco executioner hoods. I don't understand it. I don't understand why they were hiding their face.
1: This is just my weird sci-fi reader, Brim. This is just Harrison Bergeron. It's a short story by Kurt Vonnegut. It is in a society where everyone has... Forcibly been made to be equal. So, like, if you're tall, you've got something to ha- adjust for that. Like, if you have talent, you have something to adjust for that. But it also just felt like the sort of dove ad slash upworthy content of, like, we put these conventionally attractive people in masks and you'll never believe what happened next.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I- I'm kind of tired of the whole faceless artist thing. I think that's been done ad nauseum now, especially with Norway's entry last year with the wolf banana one. I feel like they're setting something up here because, like, the end of that video, they. They tried to do that, ooh, a cliffhanger. They were trying to reveal the face, but they wiped it black from the bottom up.
1: It's not important that they show their face, Justin, because we're one.
0: Ugh, but I want to be, like, hornier. <laughs> <What is that? laughs> <laughs> I want to see their face! It's just, their faces have been seen before. I don't understand why you just... I mean, I get it. The statement, you're you're one person. There, there's no... But they're like, they're wearing different outfits anyway. So there's there's still individuality between them. So the message was lost. The music video was lazy. And I was just like, there must be something else that they're setting up for in the live performance. Because there's just nothing here to go by besides Laume face masks. I guess it's fine. Good song. Kind of meh. And in, in, in all honesty, but there we go.
2: I mean, that's been the story of this entry from the beginning where at the competition where this was selected, they were wearing kind of 70s jumpsuit things like it was costuming that didn't quite fit. It was it was very hairy Styles. Yeah, we saw their faces. They weren't wearing masks or anything. So like the music video, I do not understand what they're going for here. There's no mystery Yeah, like, we know what they look like. They don't really have a sense of what their identity is in a band, so they're doing this very middle-of-the-road stuff and being like, well, I guess we could try this and see if it works, but... There's not a strong conviction behind the choices that they're making, and I don't understand what they are hoping to accomplish here. That being said, I would not be surprised if this is what opens the competition. One, because We Are One was the slogan for Eurovision in 2013. So it's like, oh, yeah, we recognize that phrase. <laughs> but also... This is the closest that you're going to have to a home court advantage, I think, at Eurovision mm. because I mean, like Ireland's just across the water from Liverpool, so I expect there to be a huge Irish representation in the arena that l- night. I think it's going to end up goosing scores a little bit. Mm. I think it is fine enough to sneak in. It's not my favorite entry. My notes for
1: this one mirror a couple of things you guys have said. A, I keep typing "We Are Young" trying to find this song on Spotify my brain just conflates that no they're not singing we are one we are young if this was the parade of nations music for like a theoretical 2024 esc where the theme was we are one you play a little bit of this and you go albania yeah malta france the song's a little on the nose, but it's fine.
0: The name of the band is Wild Youth. Their name of the song is "We Are One," and then fun song is "We Are Young." So it's like youth, young, one. It's 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 just too on the nose. I can't. It's it's hard to not mix that up. And I feel like they know that. I hope.
1: I think for Ireland, this does kind of sound like a U2 song. So like, good for them. They're on brand. This one feels like it's on the bubble. I want to know what they're going to do with the staging because it feels like they don't know how they're going to stage this song.
2: If it's anything like the music video, it's like, what are you doing? Like, don't don't bother with the masks and and that's the other thing like they're official photos like it's of them i don't know the music video really bothers me
1: the whole mask thing just feels very half-baked and like i'm terrified that they're that, that that's like the concept they've landed on they're just going to keep riding it to liverpool mm-hmm. if that
0: the music video is any indication i feel like the their setup on the live show is just going to be just them on the stage with their masks on that's it maybe maybe uh a video playing on the screens to the background but like probably a simple setup i am not expecting too much but if they do do something extravagant and do something with the masks or whatever and do a nice Reveal, uh, then that's that's very welcomed from me. It's it, it, it will blow my expectations out of the water because my expectations were in hell in the first place.
2: That sort of staging is just not Ireland's MO. So, huh, yeah. This, this one's going to be end of sentence.
1: This one is going to <laughs> yeah. be period. Yeah. It's just this there. One. <laughs> this one is going to be Ireland. It's there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we live in
2: the world so beautiful. I think I don't believe
1: up is Latvia, who are sending Sudden Lights with the song Aya. Latvian band Sudden Lights formed in Riga in 2012 and described their sound as perfect for dancing with a melancholic note or two along the way. After winning a contest in 2015, the group recorded their first studio track and have since become one of the most streamed artists in Latvia. They have released three albums, the first of which was nominated for Best Debut by the Latvian Music Recording Awards in 2018. That year, Sudden Lights competed in the national selection Supernova, advancing to the final as a wild card and finishing as the runner-up. They returned to Supernova in 2023 and won the competition. Receiving 12 points from both the jury and the televote. Latvia last qualified for the Eurovision Grand Final in 2016, finishing in 14th place in last year's first semi final. Aya is written by Andres Reinis Zitmanis. Carlos Matis Zitmanis, Carly Vartins, and Martins Matis
2: Zimitis. Mike, where are you at on this one? I really like this song, but it does not stick in my head. And that's going to be a problem, I think, for a number of reasons. In preparation for this episode, we are only talking about five songs, and they're in alphabetical order. I keep forgetting that this one is right in the middle. It's just like, okay, we're talking about Croatia, Ireland, Malta, and Norway. Wait, that's just four. What's the other one? And I have to run the entire alphabet through my head before it's like, oh, right, Latvia. When we first talked about it, when it was selected, I described it as being an album track rather than a single. I think part of that is the structure of the song. It's very focused on the chorus and the rest of the song is kind of filler to get to the chorus part. And that's something that's going to be coming up a lot this season. I've been noticing that with a lot of the songs, very strong chorus. And then all the other parts were just like, okay, we're just going to do this. And then, and then we can get back to the chorus and that, yeah, that's, that's the best part. I do think this has strong staging potential, but then it sort of peters out at the end. Like it's as close as you can get to a fade in a song without it actually being a fade out. Having it in the first half of the semifinal is just not ideal placement. Like it really feels like all of the cards are kind of against latvia at this point
1: yeah i kind of feel bad for them because i generally like what they're doing especially because we have a bunch of bands in the 1st semifinal. there are there are more dynamic bands in the 1st semifinal. i uh, don't know justin what are your thoughts on this one
0: it's a good song i would listen to this casually beyond eurovision's context uh, i enjoy how they wrote it and how the melody and the rhythm sort of progresses throughout the three minutes but it's not a winning song i, I think that much is clear i think their video is one of those rare instances where I became less interested in the song after watching the video. I watched this video after Croatia's, let's just say. Latvia's video is basically the baby version of Croatia's video for me. Croatia's video is like, they graduated from art school and have been doing art for like 40 years. Latvia's video is like they went into art school and it's their first year. So it's like the Gen Z sort of fresh in school sort of idea where the the video itself is predictably kind of insipid. Ooh, we have a message but how are we going to portray this i know let's put all the people in an empty swimming pool in the same outfit and have them vibrate in a closet like i mean come on that's just that i even i can come up with that i think this is the person who made this music video will end up being a graphic designer because they went to art school failed and now they're just doing commercial art i can say that because i'm a graphic designer okay no no (laughs) This is not a, a that was not a dig towards any artist that became graphic designers because that happened to me. But in any wait, case, wait, did you direct
2: I, this music video? Or...
0: <laughs> I actually came here to talk about my career in Latvia, and so surprise, no, it's I didn't do it. Like, imagine though, I'd be I'd be embarrassed. I just I don't know. I I just thought that it was they tried to have a message with it, and they kind of did okay with the delivery, but it's nothing to write home about. One funny thing about the video though is that you can clearly see some of the people laughing at what they were doing or trying not to laugh i should say while they were jumping up and down in, in place i saw this one girl smirking a, <laughs> and they're really trying to be serious about it and and it, they i don't know it just just it was just there i guess they tried they at least they tried not like ireland who just put up a a white background and performed in in mass they at least tried to put something together but it's it's kind of just okay hmm.
1: We've had the live performance from Supernova for longer than we've had the official video. The thing I like about it is, like, right at the opening, they're playing the drum machine live to show how they're getting that really complicated beat in place. Mm -hmm. I find that super interesting, but then the rest of the song happens.
0: Yeah, but this isn't Song Exploder. This is Eurovision.
1: (laughs) Mike, I fully agree. feels like an album track that needs to be, like, in sequence with something rather than just a single on its own. I think it could be Sage, interestingly, but I'm not sure that this is going to get Latvia out of their non-qualification
2: funk. Which is a shame because they've been doing such great work, and Mm -hmm. it's just—it's just not connecting.
1: I wish we had 100% televote last year. I feel like CD Zani was doing some really interesting stuff that was resonating on like an audience level, even if it was perhaps a little crass for the jury level. Oh,
0: they did the uh, the, the washing hands thing last year, Latvia?
1: No, instead of meat, they eat veggies and something else.
2: Oh, yes, the- that one. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> would have
0: definitely... Now it's just like a college essay on why it's important to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This year's Supernova was a little less fun to watch. It felt like Latvia has been trying to course correct from placing 14th. I feel like they're going to get their groove back at some point, but yeah. like I'm not sure it's this song.
0: Yeah, they took themselves way too seriously this time. You're right. The course correction is, is quite obvious in that they are really trying to make themselves seem more of a of a serious band trying to put a song out there. But it's just, I'm bored. It's a good song. It's I, I would listen to it. I definitely would listen to it again. It's just, it's not Eurovision stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm intrigued to hear what their other stuff sounds like. Like, but also in the context of Eurovision, like this no, not this year it's just going to get lost uh, especially like if it is after croatia like it, it's just going to get yeah just like whatever things. follows croatia my apologies
2: i feel in my sweater
1: I got my I play you songs you
0: know but hey wait what'd you say do you want to dance
2: Next up is Malta and The Busker with Dance Our Own Party. Malta's The Busker formed in 2012 and released their first album in 2017. Their sound is influenced by 1960s pop rock and folk rock, though the band describes themselves as new funk soul pop, so a lot of stuff going on there. The trio has had a string of hits on the BMAT PRS Malta charts, including five number ones. They competed in the 2023 Malta Eurovision Song Contest, finishing second with the jury and crushing the televote. Malta's last visit to the Grand Final was in 2021, as last year's entry, I Am What I Am, by Emma Muscat, finished in 16th place in the second semifinal. Dance My Own Party is written by David Milak, Jean-Paul Borge, Matthew James Borge, Michael Joe Chinney, and Sean Meechan. Ben, what do you think of Dance our own party. They did some level of revamp
1: to this song. I like. It's one of the ones where I can't really place what they did exactly. Mm-hmm. I love the vibe of this song, but it also feels underbaked. I think they're trying to do too much with the live performances of this song. They've left themselves so many places where just like a saxophone is happening. It's like a dance break, and it's not a group that's like built for a dance break. I'm surprised that this band is influenced by 1960s pop rock, just because this song sounds like the generic like 80s text generator thing that you can do online. It feels like it wants to be more of a five-minute mood piece that's been randomly shoved down to three minutes for me.
0: Okay, I have lots of thoughts on this one only because it's it's really in my wheelhouse. i This is the kind of genre that I really enjoy, just personally. It's my kind of song: new funk, soul, pop. Hello, yes, one hundred percent. I I grew up listening in my university days to bands like Chromeo and Justice and, and Daft Punk. There's some of that influence, I think, in this, or at least in the genre. So I, I really enjoy it as a, on a technical level where there's a sense of joy to it. There's there's the dance element to it. It's great. I think it falls flat for me in regards to the lyrics. I find it a little repetitive, which is unfortunate. My guess is that they they wrote this song around the saxophone hook, and then kind of just let everything fall into place after that, because everything else feels a little, as you said, Ben, underbaked. The chorus is just the same line repeated four times. I think they could have written a little bit more to make this feel a little more meaty, I guess. On a technical level, like, like I said, it's good. It's just... Lyrically, it's just a little basic, if I'm being completely honest. The idea of them dancing in a sweater... I mean, those were good sweaters in the video, by the way. I, I would buy all of their outfits, especially like the, those, those, uh, sequin pieces. It's great. I mean, but you're not going to see Ed Sheeran on the dance floor dancing to that song. There's some disconnect with me with their aesthetic and the, the song, but maybe that's what they're going for. I, it's a great song. I, I would listen to it over again. I, in fact, I would probably send this to my other, uh, my friends, just be like, this is a great song. You should listen to this. The lyrics just is what kind of just ruins it for me a bit. The video is great. I wrote in all caps for Malta magenta is back baby and bisexual lighting <laughs> because i remember when who's the, who did the the song before Emma Muscat again what's her name Destiny? Yeah, Destiny. I remember De- Destiny had a bunch of magenta and i was like, "Yes, girl. Magenta, hell yes. Girl, get it." And and we're back to to magenta and bisexual lighting. And and the 80s movie Weird Science, i think, is is kind of reminiscent here. It's a great video. I just I just wish they they worked a little bit harder in the songwriting. That's all.
2: I think I like this track. <laughs> I just keep thinking of the staging from the multi-final and then how it is overlapping with the video and it's like okay, I think they're pretty much sold on these concepts. The problem that I have with the staging is particularly the hand rotation thing that he does. It's not good for an arena staging and it's not being captured well for television either so it's just like you really should get rid of that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's, nobody's going to be able to see that musically. They're doing some interesting things. It's really reminding me a lot of Lake Malawi from 2019. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I think it's that sort of sound. It's still in the kind of eighties revivalism space, but at least they're doing something interesting with it. It's not just mm. like trying to recreate Dua Lipa's physical. This is another one where I am very curious to see how the audience at the fan events is going Uh to respond to it. I could see this going either way. Is it just us who likes it? Or is there broader appeal for it? I'm not getting winter vibes from this at all, but I think it could qualify. Really, the whole dance aspect of it. The image that keeps popping into my mind is Jimmy Jr. from Bob's Burgers, like, starting to dance. And, like, this This is a song that could be playing over the Bob's Burgers end credits. And I mean, this is praise. Like, I, I think it is a perfect match for, like, that animation style and just the kind of, like, silly joyfulness that that show has. Like, I think it matches up mm. with this song really nicely.
1: I love a good saxophone riff at Eurovision. This was a good one. I'm really concerned that they're going to try and keep doing the same performance they've been doing since the, the Mese final, because it feels like they have, like, one too many things. They're trying to tell a story, but they're slightly over the word count. They're running all over the stage, and just, like, some of the elements are like, okay, cool, we're gonna represent a car with a bunch of computer chairs that we've duct-taped together, in a way that feels very high school senior talent show, it's just like, oh boy, y'all are doing so much.
0: Yeah. I wonder if the hand thing's uh reference to Daft Hands from the early 2000s. Do you remember that, that video? I do, daft yeah. Hands? If they were referencing that, they didn't do enough of it, because it just felt like a, a wave, like a, oops oh here's my hand with some writing on it love that for you
2: yeah I feel like there has to be some sort of deeper meaning to that otherwise like I I really feel like that would have been the first thing to go just because like it's not framed well at all like what, what are you trying to do here so th- there must be some hidden story behind that
1: they're operating on a fairly small scale and they need to get bigger yeah
0: mm. you know what maybe this entry has an adhd problem they're they're trying to do too many things at <laughs> once they do it pretty okay it's just a lot there's just a lot of like it's it's not the form of maximalism that i like but it is something that they're just trying
1: to cram everything into one and and to mixed results let's say i am googling the phrase how do you give a eurovision performance ritalin us out today, we have Norway's entry, Alessandra's Queen of Kings. Alessandra Mele is a 20-year-old singer-songwriter who first gained notoriety when she competed on Norway's version of The Voice in 2022. Originally from Italy, Alessandra moved to Norway to study music at the Lillehammer Institute of Music Production and Industries. She won her first singing competition at the age of six, covering ABBA's Dancing Queen. At NRK's Melody Grand Prix, Queen of Kings conquered the jury and the televote, finishing 95 points ahead of second place. Last year, Norway finished in 10th place at Eurovision thanks to Subwoofer's Give That Wolf a Banana. Queen of Kings writers include Alessandra Mele, Henning Olerud, Linda Dale, and Stanley Ferdinandes. Justin, what did you make of this one?
0: I feel like this is the song that... Who did the whole cleopatra Matahari thing?
2: That was Azerbaijan.
0: I think that's what they were trying to go for, and I think Norway was way more successful at that sort of thing. I think I'm just in like in a really good sort of headspace for music this year, because I also really like this song. I was sitting in my seat, and it was... And, and listening and watching, it, I was just like, "Yes, get it, girl!" As, as as she was going off. And it was, it's, it. I, I think maybe the gays will love this. I, I mean, I liked it. I I was rooting for her and for what she was talking about in the song. She's a queen. She was a strong woman. The stage performance was okay, but the song itself went off. Like I went, I like how when uh I guess, for lack of a better term, when the beat dropped, it was it, the song improved quite significantly for me. I was fully into it. I would love to see this being performed at a lip sync by some norwegian drag queen it's it's quite a bit of a twist or, or a, a diversion from subwoofer last year i would gladly listen to it again i liked her she's young she's fun she's a strong female icon and we're here for it we'd love to see it mike
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure i <you> know that <laughs> No, that just sounds like what Twitter was like for like six weeks after, since it debuted uh, on NRK. Yeah. But similar to Latvia, like this is another one where I feel like the focus is the chorus and mm. everything else is just kind of filler to get to the chorus. I think it's successful in what it's trying to do. It's about her experience as a bisexual woman. So I, I feel like I have to support oh, it yes. just so that like it's all about bi visibility. It needs that bisexual lighting, but uh, we can get into that. Uh, okay,
0: wait. But, okay, sorry. They didn't give bisexual lighting to the bisexual? That's that's a crime. That's homophobic.
2: It's fine. I don't mind if it gets through. It doesn't really do anything for me. Like, it, it really feels like it is Melfest light. I think that may be what Norway was going for. And hey, it's working. It's not my favorite. I'm not necessarily skipping past it every time it comes up on my Spotify, but I'm not exactly seeking it out either on my end this has
1: wonderful sea shanty energy to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) when norway last hosted the contest in 2010 they sent the ballad that felt very irish so just like apparently like roughly every 10 years or so norway's just like we're gonna steal ireland's whole thing and it's gonna rule (laughs) this is gonna absolutely pop off in the arena oh yeah oh I,
0: i popped
2: off in my chair honey
1: this one's gonna be fun live i think that energy just as this is happening will be a lot of fun to watch
2: and I feel like this is one where it doesn't matter where it is in the running order, people are going to remember this mm-hmm. one. And I think most people are going to receive it more positively than I'm receiving it. So <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a nice one for the running order planners to have in their back pocket of look okay, when do we need to pump the crowd up again? Like let, let's plug that in there. <laughs>
0: I love a bisexual sea shanty.
1: I didn't even know it
0: was about bisexuality. That, that that surprised me, and it's it's a little understated for that kind of message. I feel a little bit now that you say that.
2: Like I don't think it's supposed to be in your face about it. But oh, yeah. my initial thought of it is like this is Daenerys fan fiction, isn't it? And- <laughs> Yeah, so maybe that that is where it was starting from. I don't know. Mission. So, yeah. Well, like on on
1: the other hand, some deranged American Euro fan has already written the version of this that's King of Queens. It's about Kevin James.
0: <laughs> I would love to see Kevin James in that same outfit. <laughs> no,
2: get no. Leah Remini in there. Like, yeah, she, she queen, no, 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 so. it's secretly about Leah Remini. Yeah. Oh, we love Leah Remini. Where Leah Remini
1: is, is the queen of the King of Queens. Yes, no, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I mean, Norway did that. They they did the thing. They certainly did something. And you know what? Some of the gay, some of the gays. Apparently, not all of the gays, but some of the gays are going <laughs> to pop off on it.
2: All the gays <laughs> minus Mike. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was not into the bisexual sea shanty this year but you know what that that is a way of life you know it's,
2: it's no, i i am supportive of bisexual sea shanties i just think that th- there's a whole catalog of them maybe and this one might not be <laughs> number one on that list
0: next year i expect you to come up with a list gonna have a google docs ready top five bisexual sea shanties by mike
2: adding it to my to-do list now
1: all right <laughs> Thank you again, as always, Justin, for bringing your perspective to our panel. Do you have anything that you would like to plug?
0: Other than my mouth, because I said a lot of stuff today that I might regret later, I am on Twitter and Instagram at J R L A D I A. If you want to check me out there, I do other things on a semi regular basis, sometimes not so regular. There might be a podcast coming out. We'll see if that happens soon. But other than that, it was a pleasure talking uh, and being very, very gay here on What Once Again.
2: Happy to provide that venue. <laughs> I. I, I... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a safe space.
2: Okay, and that's going to do it for this
1: episode of the What? Thanks for listening. The Eurowhat Podcast is hosted by Ben Smith, that's me, and Mike Lacombe.
2: That's me. You can find show notes, our socials, and all the info you need about Eurovision 2023 on our website at eurowhat.com. If you'd like to help support the
1: show and access a ton of bonus content from the Eurowhat AV Club, head on over to patreon.com slash Eurowhat.
2: Next time on Eurowhat, we tackle five more songs from the first semifinal with our special guest, Ned Raggett.